So, uh, Job 11, and again, our topic is on suffering. I'm really hoping to get a good outline of the whole book. Some of you know I'm kind of using this to prepare me to teach Job in our HBI, uh, uh, our Heartland Bible Institute. And um, I think I've, if I had to title the, you know, the book, it's a book about suffering. And so I'm trying to uh, highlight that, and, and we were all acquainted with suffering, and of course our Lord was as well. And uh, <clears throat> so I've included some quotes here, and this quote is from Johnny Erickson Tata. And uh, I kind of had forgotten how she got injured. I knew she was uh, a lady in a, a wheelchair, I think quadriplegic. And she says, Suffering provides the gym equipment on which my faith can be exercised. I just thought that was kind of interesting way to consider suffering. And she's got a lot of quotes about it. And uh, I've kind of tasked my wife to help me look up some quotes. So, I, I mean, I don't, I come up with these each week. So I'm, I'm looking for ideas and uh, just kind of help us uh, think about these things. And, of course, uh, in, in, uh, in David Cloud's material that, uh, one of his key verses for Job is from uh, Romans 8, uh, 28, that, uh, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them that are called according to His purpose. And so, you know, if all things work together for good, then, then that means all things, right? And, you know, Job went through some things, and so we are trying to see how God works all things together for good, uh, even in the life of Job and even through our suffering. And, uh, you know, I think probably, you know, as horrible as losing everything was and as horrible as his wife's attack and the disease he has, now he has these three friends that are uh, accusing him of having sin in his life and he is reaping what he has sown and even Zo- we're going to be introduced to Zophar today and he even says that you're not being as punished as much as you should be it's kind of what his friend says so yeah it's like what more could this guy go through he, he's not suffering enough how could he suffer more we we would think So, you know, it's not only satanic fire, but it's friendly fire. These are his friends. And so, anyway, I I did just a little scouting report on Zophar. And he bases his advice on pure dogmatism or opinion. And we've all known people with a real strong opinion. They're forceful. They're, uh, you know, uh, just really heavy-handed and really in-your-face and... And so he is a stubborn man, and he represents our will. Is is what I think I got this from you, Jim, from your material. Does that sound right? <clears throat> that the Zophar he, he represents our will. I think you would. Uh, maybe the intellect, or. And so we know that uh, we all can be strong will, <coughs> strong willed. And his name means departing early, a climber, or a sparrow. I don't know necessarily what that has to do with our story, but I, I wanted to include that. The word sparrow is, is one that uh, I came up 
that I found this week, so I included it on uh, from my previous notes. And he is probably the youngest of the three friends because he speaks last. Uh, Let's see, it was uh, Bildad spoke second, and Eliaphaz was the first. So those are his friends. And then if you want to look at Joshua 15, this name uh, Nahum comes up, or Nama. If you want to look at uh, Joshua 15, and I don't think I had seen this before. Joshua 15, I think it's the name of a town. Joshua 1541. <clears throat> Have you got it, uh, Emmett? We'll start with you today, brother. Yeah, but I don't know. <laughs> Here, I'll, let me read it so I can butcher it for you. Uh, and Gadiroth, Roth, Beth Dagon, and Nama, and Makeda, 16 cities with their villages. So there's that word uh, Nama, and Zophar is called a Namathite. And so he's probably, and this name actually shows up earlier. It's a lady, like in Genesis 3 or 4 or 5, there's a lady named that. <clears throat> and so maybe this is the town where she, she settled. But anyway, uh, Zophar is a Namathite. And so his ancestry is a little bit difficult to to teach, to uh, identify. But my teaching point here was just that we must base our opinion on God's opinions. And his opinions are found in the Bible. So that's pretty straightforward. And and one theme, and you probably know this uh, even in your own life, If I had to guess, I would guess that his friends are sincere. I mean, I I feel like they they mean well or they wouldn't be there. But uh, we're going to see that you can be sincere and also be wrong, can't you? Sincerely wrong. And so uh, I I should have put that for one of my teaching points here because it really applies to all three sections. And so... The way I outline, I'm trying to get better at my outlines of each chapter. And the, the last two, I think I've done better, but so far, uh, he uh, denounces Job's sins, uh, his sin, and then he describes. So far describes God's uh, and I'll just put dot 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 uh, his omniscience and his omnipotence in the the middle section and then the last section he uh, declares conditions to be blessed so 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 far uh, So let's talk about all these. 
and again these are just kind of handles for because I don't think there's really paragraphs markers in these so uh, you, you might dissect it differently and, and and I'm going by some of the material I've got I'm not inventing all these so um, anyway my work is uh, I'm learning too as we go I guess is kind of my message here but let, let's turn to Job now Job 11 <clears throat> and 1 through 6 and so turn my page here Emma would you read those verses 1 through 6 for us So there's that uh, <clears throat> that last phrase that you read. Know therefore that God exacteth of thee less than thine iniquity deserves. God is not punishing you as much as you deserve. And so that that's pretty harsh. And so Zophar has listened to his three friends. And uh, instead of sympathizing uh, with Job, he, he is pr- promoted or he's provoked to answer... He, uh, he says you're full of talk you've got a lot of words here and you're full of talk and I am just simply trying to answer you and uh, shut you down so he accuses him of, of at least five things here in verse 2 he said you've got much talk in verse 2 you're, you're justifying yourself that's what it says and should a man full of talk be justified and uh, we, we all do that to some degree. We justify our actions or why we do what we do. And then in verse 3, he accuses him of lying. <clears throat> and it says there in verse 3 that he's lying and mocking and uh, shall no man make thee ashamed. So that that's what I put in your... In your uh, blank with just the word ashamed he's trying to shame Job out and uh, but, it, but it's actually uh, Zophar that lies because he says in verse 4 that Job says my doctrine is pure and, and Job did not actually say that did he I think if you turn back a page to 9 chapter 20 is maybe why he says that in Job 9.20 the Bible says this word Job says if I justify myself mine own mouth shall condemn me if I say I am perfect I will also I, it shall also prove me perverse so he's saying you know if I try to justify myself I'm just condemning myself and if I say I'm perfect 
then I'm, I'm perverse. That is, I'm crooked. I'm not telling you. So Job does not say my doctrine is pure, does he? So it's really, really Zophar that is lying. And uh, and then he even says in verse 4, uh, he accused him of having false doctrine. So anyway, these are some of his accusations to Job. And... Uh, any thoughts about that? Probably the lying is maybe the most significant. Uh, you know, the devil is the father of lies. I kind of keyed on that when I seen that. And, uh, you know, even even Revelation says that all liars have their place in the, in the lake of fire. And so, got some music back here. But anyway, uh, so some things so far does say he does say are true. Uh, God does have the double amount of wisdom that is known, <clears throat> and so uh, we would you know probably agree with that. And and in reality, or technically, we we all deserve less than we get. That's what mercy is. God is merciful. And then uh, the thing. Your next blank there, I just it says, is it in verse five or six? Verse five, and the things I was reading this week kind of emphasize this. I thought it was good. Verse five says, "But oh, that God would speak and open His lips against thee." And I didn't have room on my handout, but you know it shows places where God has eyes and God has lips and He has a mouth and. You know, all the attributes, and so my 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 point here is just that God is a person, and we're going to key on that because He's not just a force. He's not the big man upstairs. He's, you know, He is someone we can have a relationship with, right? And uh, so He is a person. He is a good father. He he's got all these attributes, uh, likened to. I mean, Christ was the image of God, and so he came down as a man, and uh, he is knowable. And so that that's some of the conclusion we make here. So I, I put <clears throat> my teaching point is so far follows the leads of his friends instead of reflecting on what has been said, and. So then he says in verse 7, if somebody, Pam, would you read verse 7 for us? Yeah. Now let's, let's all turn to Isaiah 55 for a minute. Hold your place here and look at Isaiah 55. I thought this was good. Isaiah 55. It's kind of a famous... <clears throat> so if if somebody asks you, if somebody asks you what Zophar asked, canst thou by searching find out God? Question mark. Would you say yes or no? Say so yes. I think he's implying no. 
Right, he is implying no, isn't he? Yeah, so that's kind of weird. Yeah. So, so what does is, what is Isaiah 55 say? Uh, 6, yeah. Go ahead, Jim. Yes, so yeah, we we can find God, can't we? We so so yeah. Zophar is kind of implying no. I mean, can you do this? Really, Job? Can you by searching find him out? And and I, I gave you another reference from Colossians there, and, and that's just where Christ is the fullness of God, uh, the Godhead bodily. So. All, all that God is can be found in Christ. And we, we can have a relationship with Him. And so we should seek Him. <clears throat> now, what, what He's going to do here, and, and again, this implies that, that God is a person and not just a location. Uh, so here, here's one thing that in nature, Zophar is going to talk about God in in in, in nature. We we call that general. <coughs> general revelation. I mean, the American Indian, the you know, the people without a Bible, they know God is real from nature. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Night unto night, utter speech. Uh, and so scripture is specific specific revelation, isn't it? So we I mean we we know God by what's all around us. Uh you know, in the heavens, in nature, uh you know, babies, what have you. But Scripture gives us specific revelation of, of God and who He is, and that's how He communicates with us. And so, at the top of your second page, I gave you just some ways that we can know God, and and these were just kind of things I was thinking of. We must dwell with Him by being around Him and being with His people. We must fellowship with Him by listening to Him, uh, you know, either from sermons or from the the Scripture or speaking back to Him in prayer. Uh, we must study Him. We we, you know, the uh, the Bible tells husbands to dwell with your wives according to knowledge, and and we can get to know uh, our spouse by uh, dwelling with them and learning what they like and dislike and the same is true of, of our Lord and then really we must believe Him we must trust Him and that's really our heart attitude toward Him and so anyway those are just some things I was thinking of are you, uh, as we talk about this is there things that you're thinking of as well? That we can uh, know God not only through nature and generally speaking, but specifically. Huh. 
dying in jokes, somebody says, uh, you learn from Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean... It really, I, f- I felt like after I got saved, then it was less like, okay, God is everywhere. He's all around us. Uh, I was a little bit blinded to that prior to that. It was just the grind of living and... Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he did a lot of trail hiking and, you know, he did way back. It's just so cool to see. Uh, I know she photographs a lot of yeah, flowers and animals and... And so I know she's really admires the beauty of nature. Yeah, any, any other thoughts or? The world and the and the word, they they don't conflict each other. talking and you can I mean I work with scientists and I would say close to a dozen of the people I work for are doctors and just super intellectual people and uh, that was one thing that came out in our pastor's retreat yesterday just uh, that we do need to kind of be careful that we don't become too intellectual we don't you know just you know, teach all this truth, and I was reminded of a of a story that Jeff Adams laid out one time. Just he says, you know, if you were God and and you're not, and I'm not, you know, would you want someone that just sincerely loves you with all their heart and they they worship you daily, but their doctrine is wrong? <laughs> Or do you want this person that's doctrinally straight as an arrow, but he's you know dry and stuffy and you know just can't communicate with other people? And that and he's he was trying to say obviously the person that loves you, but what he says is wouldn't it be wonderful if you could have both? If you could be you know know truth but love God. So I guess that's uh, and that that's a balance for all of us. It's like you know we want to find all these deep hidden truths and nuggets and and uh, some secret key to something but we it's it's easy uh, for me as well to you know forget to love and because you know as these guys are talking to job you just don't feel the love do you you know there's not compassion there it's just hard you shouldn't have done something you know buddy 
So anyway, there's a there is a, a balance there, and hopefully we all have a, have a good balance because we we want truth and we should seek truth, and God Jesus Christ is the truth, and yet we don't want to become you know you know swallow the camel and uh, strain at the gnat type of people. <laughs> so I think you all know what I mean. So hopefully we. Uh, get the spirit of the law as well as the letter of the law. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. He, too much is given, much is required. I know he said that and It's got to be your heart. Heart's got to be right, doesn't it? Because yeah. the thing we were talking about, uh, just even on the way here, was about uh, sexual sins, and w- within the context of of, of of marriage, you know, it, it's a beautiful thing and, and love, and but but uh, you know, we were just talking about people that had been abused sexually. And the wickedness and darkness of all that, and we just kind of marveled of how God created something so beautiful and wonderful could be so perverted and twisted. And, and uh, anyway, there was just some thoughts as as we talked that I, I had. And uh, anyway, good, good, good. So yeah, even people that uh, you know study science and know all these wonderful things, they miss God. I guess is kind of what we don't want to do. <clears throat> um, and so even in verse 8, uh, Pat, Pat, why don't you read verse 8 of Job 11? Oh, <laughs> darn. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right. So he he's kind of saying what we've been saying. You know, heaven is so high and hell is so deep, and uh, these are two very real places. That's what I put on your handout. Uh, it's talking about heaven and hell and uh, why don't we uh, jump down to my teaching point there on your handout Zophar concludes that vain man is helpless before an almighty God and I give you a quote from uh, Jeff Adams there he says Zophar points to the unknowable perfection of God 
by considering the enormity of the universe. And so he does make some uh, <coughs> uh, statements like that. And he even says in verses 9 and 10, uh, Jim, would you read those? The measure thereof is longer than the earth and broader than the sea. If he cut off and shut up and gathered together, then he can Yeah. And so, uh, I gave you a reference there from Ephesians. And th- this is where he references the love of Christ. So, l- let's turn there. I thought this was a good cross-reference in Ephesians chapter 3. Because he gives a dimension that, that we are not familiar with. So, 3.18 and 19. In fact, Angie, if you're there, would you read those? May be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you might be filled with all the things of God. So Zophar is talking about you know, you can't measure and search and and that's kind of like Christ's love that Angie just read in in Paul's prayer for the Ephesians here. He, he wants his uh, audience to be able to comprehend these four dimensions: the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height. You know, we we think of three dimensional. We can only really think in three dimensions. But he says this love of Christ passeth knowledge. And he wants us to be filled with the fullness of God. <clears throat> so the, these are just wonderful things. And uh, you know, the book of Philippians talks about peace that passeth understanding. And Christ's love is without measure. It, you can't you know, get out your yardstick and measure it. <clears throat> so the, these are just wonderful truths. And uh, Zophar is missing the point on some of it, but look what he says in verse 11 and 12. Uh, Emmett, we're back to you. If you'd read 11 and 12 of Job. Yeah. Uh, one more. Right, so this vain man uh, so he, he likens a man uh, and there's other places that uh, man is born. Well, though this is it. He's born like a wild ass's colt. And uh, I did give you some references here, but look at look at the one in Exodus. I should have underlined that one. This is our key verse here in Exodus 13, 11 through 13. So let, let's all look at that one. <clears throat> and some of you know kind of where I'm going with this, but I think it's in D2 where we. We talk about uh, pictures and types, and we reference that mankind is 
like or as this uh, an ass and, and here here's partly why uh, Exodus 13:11 and it shall be when the Lord shall bring thee into the land of the Canaanites as he swear unto thee and to thy fathers and shall give it thee that thou shalt set apart unto the Lord all that openeth the matrix and every firstling that cometh of a beast which thou hast the males shall be the Lord's and then he says and and every firstling of an ass thou shalt redeem with a lamb and if thou wilt not redeem it then thou shalt break his neck and all the firstborn of man shall uh, among thy children shalt thou redeem and so uh, again it's showing this connection with uh, firstborn needing to be redeemed uh, in verse 13 yeah and so there's something uh, about uh, man as well as the ass that does need to be redeemed with a lamb and so that's why Christ was and is uh, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world and we need to be redeemed by Him just like the firstborn of people and just like the firstborn of an ass need to be redeemed with a Lamb. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? And uh, so there's many, you know, I, I, I meant to put it in here. I've got just kind of a list of some attributes of even a donkey or an ass that, you know, they're stubborn by nature, and that that is what we're saying. They they have a strong will, and uh, anyway, I can't remember all of them now. But anyway, uh, so we know that Christ rode into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday on the foal of an ass. And that was just showing his victory or conquering over the lost sin nature of man. And so all, all of these, you know, the, the Bible really, uh, you kind of have to connect the dots. But it's, it's very instructive with how we are and what needs to be done for our condition. And it's, it's Christ. Amen. So we're we're lost by nature, we're stubborn by nature, and uh, Christ can give us victory over ourselves. <clears throat> Amen. Um, the older we get, we realize that, don't we? Even we we need the Lord. All right. Well, this last section, the thirteen through twenty. Uh, Zophar declares some conditions for Job to be blessed and he says in verse 13 uh, Pamela 11.13 back to Job yeah so Prepare your heart and stretch out thine hands toward him. It's a, so it's like, you know, get your heart right, pray to the Lord, and uh, 
you know, it's instructive that he mentioned, you know, lift up your hands and uh, hold your place there. Look, look at that Hebrews reference because, or I'm sorry, First Timothy 2.8. I think this is where all men are to lift up holy hands. First Timothy 2.8. Here the Bible says, I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. So we're, we're to lift up our hands, whether it be physically or, you know, just like the old song says, nothing in my hands I bring, simply to thy cross I cling. So, you know, we don't really have anything to offer the Lord but ourselves. And... Uh, I've just been even thinking about, you know, Moses lately. When he uh, was praying over Joshua in the valley, he would, as long as his hands were lifted up, Joshua was winning the war. And, and when he got tired and put his hands down, Joshua began to lose. And, you know, so Aaron and, uh, is it her? A guy named Her. Uh, they lifted they lifted up Moses' hand, so they they helped him in his prayer life to pray for the battle. And so it's really a good picture of us being able to pray and lift up holy hands and help one another in the battles of life, isn't it? And that's was that him? And he said, Who was more important, the one fighting or the one praying? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Had to be down there on the field doing something, but you also had to have. Yeah. Um, one guy who I've never met, I've, I've talked to him, an African pastor named Betson. Almost every day he messages me and just, you know, praying for you. And it's just like, wow, you know, for somebody to be thinking and praying for me, it's just very humbling. And uh, and he, even Mark uh, Shipley, I, I know he tells me almost every week, you know, I've really been praying for you. And it's like, wow. And so it's just very uh, encouraging. And I know Dottie asked for prayers. And so, you know, uh, it's like the lady in the Bible uh, that requested something of the master of the house. It says, because of her importunity, the master of the house granted her prayers. And so as things, uh, you know, even with Dottie continually asking us for prayers, it makes me think, this is important to her, and she, we, we do need to be praying for our sister. And, uh, and, and other people have prayer requests that they like okay this is important and you kind of lock it in so when you do pray you you ask for those things <clears throat> so anyway that was just preparing our heart and lifting up our hands verse 13 and then uh, verse 14 uh, Pat are you there 11 14 uh-huh. you did read that too didn't you well, go, go with 15 then Pat For 
Yeah, so so 14 said, you know, if iniquity be put in your hand, if iniquity be in thy hand, you know, so put away your iniquity, let not wickedness dwell in thy So once you do those things, then what Pat says, then, so it's kind of an if-then, so Zophar is saying, you know, if you'll quit doing these things and having wickedness and get your heart right, then God will bless you. He, you know, you'll lift up your face. And he uses this phrase without spot. And, and that should there should be a little bell go off as we read that. Because, you know, we are to present our, our wives without spot or blemish like Christ does the church. And what do you think spot represents? Yeah, some type of blemish. But yeah, so I put the word sin in your blank. And I gave you several cross-references on that one too, I think. Uh, So spot represents uncleanness or sin. And, And let's go back and look at Jude right near our end of our Bible because that's where he said, you know, these are spots in your feasts of charity and <clears throat> so he he uh, kind of proves the point here that <clears throat> and uh, ho- hopefully it doesn't sound too crude but you know even even a uh, a woman's menstrual cycle is called uncleanness when she's in her uncleanness and sometimes you'll hear you know well they're they're spotting or they'll they'll use that that terminology and Jude here says in in chapter one uh, I guess the only chapter Jim would you read verses twelve and thirteen yeah. <clears throat> neither spots in their feasts of charity when they feast without you feeding themselves without fear clouds they are without water so these these are false prophets and they've gone greedily after the heir of Balaam and and the, these so there's even people that are just really sinful and they're their spots or blemishes upon feasts of charity, and so so some people are are like that. Their spots or blemishes in our lives. And James one twenty seven, just a couple chapters to the left. James one twenty seven says, "Pure religion and undefiled by God and the Father is this." To visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction, and to keep himself unspotted from the world. So, if we are going to be, you know, religious in a good way, we will uh, keep ourselves unspotted from the world. And then, uh, Angie, would you read the other one, uh, Ephesians 5:27? This is probably what the husband's supposed to do. Ephesians 5:27. We want to go there. Ephesians 5, 27. Yeah. That he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So yeah, that's probably the definitive verse right there that Christ wants to present the church without spot, without wrinkle, 
and uh, some of this and uh, uh, the Andersons I bet you know this as well as any you know when I was little uh, most people wore a suit and tie to church and most ladies you know either wore a dress or something pretty dressy and uh, some of that or probably that type of thing comes from you know the Old Testament where they are to present uh, their sacrifice not of you know you, you don't uh, in my time on the farm we probably had one or two blind calves and uh, so but you know with, with hogs especially you usually had a runt of the litter if you had a sow had 10 or 12 pigs you'd have one of you know the sow might only have 10 tits and she might have 11 pigs and so that that 11th pig don't get much to eat so they're a runt right and uh, so uh, you know the Bible is very specific that you don't present that animal as your sacrifice you know you don't want to present a a blemished lamb he is to be pure and and the best so the Old Testament was that was the message present your best offering and so that kind of carried into the New Testament of we are we are Christ people we are to be at our best and we we model that by dressing up nice and you know coming to church and uh, at least presenting yourself and uh, but you know as it is you know, children saw through that facade a little bit. If if mom and dad, you know, lived like hell all week and then dressed up nice for church, they saw it as hypocrisy. And I seen the hypocrisy in our church and in our families of grabbing our Bible, no matter what version it is, and coming to church and going home and putting it on the shelf. That that was most of my Christian experience. That was most of it. You know, we sing songs and and then, you know, go act like you want to. And so, anyway, we we become more casual in our dress, but we still want and need to. And a, a good example of this, most of you know Stan Palou. Stan Palou still wears a suit and tie, and a lot of that just his conviction of wanting to look his best and it's a it's sincere it's not phony right he's and so there's nothing wrong with those things that the bible outlines just to dress modestly and it gives us some guidelines but uh we we do want to be our best and uh you know still for the lord's supper you'll see our deacons and our pastor wear a suit and tie and it, it just comes from that so Anyway, I'm kind of rambling. I don't know if that was uh, edifying or not, but those are just things that that I see, and some of it comes from this, that uh, we, we don't want to be spotted with the uncleanness of the world, and so we are to be in the world, but not of the world. Uh, verses 18, uh, 16 through 19. Uh, Jim, we want to read those? Back in Job. 16. Through 19, yeah. Because thou shalt forget thy misery and remember it as waters that pass away, and thine age shall be clearer than the noonday. 
thou shalt shine forth, thou shalt be as the morning. And thou shalt be secure, because there is hope. Yea, thou shalt dig about thee, and thou shalt take thy rest in safety. Also thou shalt lie down, and none shall make thee afraid. For many shall make suit unto thee. Alright. Yeah, that, uh, no, that's fine. <clears throat> so, it's following following verses 13 and 14 about preparing your heart, lifting up your hands, get rid of iniquity. <coughs> if, if you do those things, Zophar is saying, then you can lift up your face without spot. Then you, you don't have to remember your misery. And he mentions it as waters that pass away. And uh, I had forgotten this, but the thing I was reading reminded me that about the waters of, of Noah, that they were, uh, what I had you put in your blank is just the word abated. That's kind of the Bible word. And I went and looked it up, and it just means to diminish or decrease. The waters, the flood waters of Noah, were abated. They, they, uh, you know, some of them were evaporated. Some of them, you know, went into the ocean. The dry land appeared. Uh, but anyway, this is one of the references in Job, probably, of none other than Noah's flood that we talked about. It was only just a you know, a few hundred years before Job was on earth. And uh, so Zophar is drawing a description from that, that uh, just like the waters went away, Job, so can your misery if you just get your heart right and don't have iniquity in your, don't dwell with wickedness. Anyway, I thought that was uh, a good point. He said, then you can shine like the sun, you can have hope and be secure, you can have safety, and all those things that we want that Job did not have. Uh, So these were so far as instruction. And and then he contrasts that in verse 20. Uh, Angie, you want to read verse 20 and we'll be be done here today? But the eyes of the wicked shall fail, and they shall not escape, and their hope shall be as the giving up of the ghost. So he, he contrasts this uh, blessing of the righteous with the destiny of the wicked. That's what I put on your handout. That, uh, In other words, it's the warning of Job. If you, if you don't lift up your hands, if you don't get your heart right, you're going to be like the wicked and you'll not escape. And your hope is going to be as the giving up of the ghost. And you, you won't have hope anymore. And so my teaching point here is just that Zophar is wrong because we do not have to clean up ourselves before Christ will accept us, will we? And and that that is uh, that that is true. And and maybe you and maybe even if you're listening online, you might have thought because I I really thought that and I did I I thought this that if if I w- could clean up myself and if I could quit whatever I was doing that was wrong I I wanted to be right with God I wanted to have hope and security and and all these things and and we even procrastinate don't we I remember thinking if I would just get married that would satisfy me and then I could live right I could serve the Lord 
I remember thinking, even you know, okay, when we have kids, then you know, then you know, we'll get this happy little family. Or if I had enough money, then so we, we whatever it is that carrot that got that the devil dangles in front of your face. But no, Zophar is wrong here. Job, you don't have to clean up your your life. You don't have. You just need to come to Christ just as you are, and, and once you do that, He cleans us up, right? He He gives us the peace that passeth understanding. And uh, anyway, so I, 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 those are just I see the fallacy of, of Zophar maybe more clear than I do some of the others. I think their approach is wrong, but uh, Zophar his. Uh, conclusion is is wrong here. I, I don't know if any other, if if you guys have any other thoughts as we close today. But yeah. Even even healing, uh, they yeah. maybe. God, and you know, in the jail ministry, it's the same thing. Like people make a deal with God, God, if you just get me out of this bind. And uh, Brian said something kind of wisely. Just you know, circumstances bring us to a point of decision, and and I can see it in the jail ministry. Boy, you know, you lost your home, you lost your license, you're in all this legal bondage, but. But as you work out of that, maybe maybe you become a free man. You're not on parole or probation anymore. And but once those circumstances that brought you to that decision are gone, well then, well I'm doing okay, and I I don't have to serve God. And so, sometimes once the circumstances that brought you to a decision are changed, you forget the decision you made. And uh, anyway, we. Maybe we're maybe we're all like that a little bit, but I, I can see it more so in the lives of uh, people incarcerated. So, any, anyway, any, any other thoughts or I think uh, there's a lot of truth truth in this this old book in there. This this uh, resonates and hopefully connects with us, you know, some 4,000 years later where we're sitting here reading about a, that's hard to believe, isn't it? This is probably a 4,000 year old story or 3,800 or whatever. And, uh, boy, we, we, we relate. And, uh, so Job's, Job's hurting and he responds to Zophar in the next chapter or two. And so we'll, we'll see that, uh, next week. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm excited to get there. Yeah, when God speaks and things kind of start happening, we're this is the dialogue, and it, you can kind of get bogged down in it. And you can search out some of the details, and it it's it's as deep as you want to go. But anyway, trying to glean and make application for us and so hopefully we did that today and so thank you for joining us online we're going to pray and be dismissed now and uh how about we do this how about we bow our head and let's let's raise up our hands and
pray the Lord. Heavenly Father, we do close in prayer. We uh, lift up our hands as Zophar recommends here. And Lord, we, we don't uh, offer anything but ourselves. We uh, come to you just in sincerity and in truth, Father. And uh, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for this uh, dialogue with Job and his friends. Help us to learn uh, what you'd have us to know. You, there is just you, you are omniscient. You're you're everywhere, and you're in the heavens. You're in the deep. You're right here with us. We we don't say anything, but uh, what you already know what we're going to say, and we don't sit down or rise up without you knowing. And so, Lord, take us just as we are. Thank you for that. We don't have to clean ourselves up and fix all our problems, but Lord, you. You accept us. We're accepted in the Beloved through Jesus Christ. And we thank you for Him that uh, able to rescue us from being this uh, ass that needs to be redeemed. This uh, all, all our troubles, Father. So just uh, thank you for redeeming us. Thank you for the price you paid. And we just uh, praise you for uh, Jesus Christ. It's in His name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for being here. We will see you next Saturday. Don't miss. I'll try to reach out. I texted uh, that Heather's husband this this morning. He hasn't responded yet. See if I can get a menu so we kind of know what they serve. And so I'll I'll send you a a menu and and the uh, address so you can kind of GPS it and get there. Because I've never been there and. I was kind of. He didn't have a five o'clock. He didn't have a five o'clock spot. It's right on sixty-eight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Holmes Road D goes south. And then you cross number two will go sixty-eight. Okay, in Kansas it becomes sixty-eight. Oh man, I can't wait. Want to stop at our city?